Well, today I am really excited to have a guest with us. I'm really excited to have a guest with us. In fact, I'll pray first and then I'll, I'll, I'll um, introduce our guests and I'll welcome our guests so that we can just jump right into that conversation, which I am really itching to have. Spirit of God, we invite you into today's meeting. We invite your presence. We invite your power. We know, we know that you are present with us. We know that you have something that is belonging to Jesus, which you are, you are looking to deposit in our hearts and give to us. But the scripture always says that you take that which belongs to Jesus and you give that to us. So Lord, we open our hearts and we say, whatever you have for us today, we want to receive. We don't want to be hearers of your word. We want to be transformed today. So today we set our expectations that we won't just be those who hear what the amazing things that you're going to share with us today, but we're setting our expectation that, Lord, you will trigger change in us, that you will trigger change in us and you will trigger us to be those people who don't only hear your word and feel your word, but those who hear, feel and move on the basis of that revelation that we have got from your word. Transform us, O oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. And those who believe said amen in the comment section. Um, amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Well, tonight I have the absolute honor. I, I just, I'm just so excited. Um, the absolute honor of having an amazing woman of God. I heard her speak some time ago. Um, on a live event like this, and 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 I, the only way I can describe it is 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 my baby was jumping. Um, I just felt the excitement of hearing somebody who has um, the best way I like to describe it is someone who has a language for a vision that I was trying to articulate. A vision for the church, a vision for who I believe we ought to be as believers. But I was still, I am still trying to articulate and live out. And it really excited me to, to hear her and, and hear what she has to say. Um, she is she is the amazing DDK, Pastor Deborah Deji Kurumi. She's a, a, a catalyst. She is um, equipping a whole bunch of people in on the continent of Africa with several initiatives. Deborah Initiative, the Firebrand Movement the her immersed coaching company she's an executive coach um she she pastors a great church with, with alongside her husband just a brilliant brilliant voice and i'm so excited to have her with us today i'm going to add her onto this but i i need you to show me some love first of all i need you to show her some love i need to see some love in the comment section first before i bring her on if i don't see enough love she's not coming on We'll just go off offline and we'll have a conversation. Um, so, so I need to see some love in the comment section. Let's give her a virtual welcome, a virtual, you know, in the comment section. Yeah, the love is coming in now. All right, Tahila, you have, you have, you have authorized me to 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 add her on. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, welcome, Pastor DDK. Great to have Very you with excited. us. Yeah. Very excited to be here. Very excited. Thank God. Awesome. Thank God. Thank <laughs> Glory to Thank God. You. Good. Well awesome. done, guys, for all the love. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. We've been really excited to hear to hear everything that God is is laying in your heart to to speak into yeah. our conversation today. Mm. Um, how have you been? How have you been? I'm in great shape. 
I'm thankful to yeah. God for the mercies. I'm doing really well. I that's good. It's been it's been an interesting few months since the this year has been a an interesting year. How has it been for you? You you live in Lagos. Yes, I you do. Okay. Um, how has it been for you? I've had a great year. Um, most of the things that started to sort of open up in the course of the year were just vivid representations of the things the Lord had started to speak to me about and to show me. And right. I spent 2019 really preparing to step into a very disruptive decade. And yeah, I, I, I literally rebuilt my business model to be wow. reflective of how we needed to ride on technology and all of that. So I came into 2020 and I feel like I am one of the early recipients of its harvest. Really, oh, yes. So good year. That's good. That's good. We were saying earlier earlier this year, the word of God for us this year was that this was um this was a year of grace for the new. So there was so much new that we were and um, and come March, it just felt like whoa! I told you new, and um, so it's been it's been that kind of season where every new thing and every new thing in the heart of people, um, I feel like this is the time for it. That every everything happening around or everything that has happened this year is really a response to what God has already set in motion as opposed to the thing that we ought to be responding to. Um, because, um, yeah, he, he is- So good. Yeah, he is, he is at work in, in spite of all of the chaos and everything that's going on around us. So we're excited, we're excited in spite of it all. Awesome. Um, we, 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 like we mentioned earlier, we, uh, in our conversation before, what we're really looking to do in these sessions is to, is to build kings in a simple way to build kings i believe you know revelation revelation 1 5 6 talks about how he loved us and then he washed us in his blood and then he made us kings and priests and that scripture bothers me because i feel like we have accepted the love of jesus we have accepted the 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 washing that he brings to us, but I feel like we struggle to accept, if not mentally, but also in practice, the fact that along with the the fact that we are made, uh, we struggle to accept that we are made kings and priests. Um, I, I, it almost feels like that is just a luxury. It feels like the important part is the washing of the blood and the being saved and the kings and priests part, it doesn't matter if you don't operate in that. Uh, and then I read Ephesians chapter four, I think it's verse 11 talks about how the work of the church is to equip the, the saints for the work of the ministry and continuing to do that, paraphrasing now, continuing to do that until we reach the full stature of Jesus Christ. The question then is, what is the full stature of Jesus Christ? I see a king. I don't just see someone who died on the cross. I see someone who served yes. as a king. And that is, for me, that is a revelation that bothers me. That is what I feel that if we are going to be effective, if I am going to be effective as a, as a pastor, as a shepherd of a people, someone who oversees people's lives or 
I need to somehow be doing that, um, raising men and women. So I'll, I'll, I'll be interested in hearing your understanding of who is the servant king to you. Um, what does that look like to you? Or a king, you know, the servant is the expert, really, a king um, to you. I feel like you have, I mean, really started off the conversation in such a powerful way, especially right. by saying that revelation bothers you <laughs> because yeah. revelation should give us a sense of responsibility. There is nothing that we come to discover about God, about mm. the the person of, of Jesus Christ, the yeah. person of God, the person of the Holy Spirit that shouldn't thrust us forward into mm. a desire to mature, into a desire yeah. to emerge in that reality. And there's nothing that, you know, is reserved for us as provisions of the covenants that we, we shouldn't strive for. Mm. And I feel like, a way to start off on this very exciting conversation is to just layer a bit more on this initial thought, which is just that if I see a thing in scripture, if I catch a revelation of who my father God is, mm. I do have a responsibility to access that provision and yes. to rise into the fullness of that possibility. Because if we are going to reign on the earth and do mighty works than Christ did, and reach our generation as though God was living territorially in it, then it becomes important for us to understand the responsibility of embodying revelation knowledge, embodying revelation knowledge, embodying the provisions of covenant and really longing for it, desiring it. So the moment we start to operate with this sense of responsibility and a desire to be fluid, mobile manifestations of the word, we actually start to... Um, operate in dominion and the true meaning of dominion is for you to be so really spiritual that the hold of societal labels and societal limitations start to drop off do you mm. see because and I, I don't know if you can still see and hear me yes yes we can, can. you hear me yes yes okay yes. great okay so you know the true meaning of dominion, of spiritual dominion, is for you to live so closely in reflection to who the Lord has made you to be beyond, you know, the labels of society and the demands of society and the expectations of society and just not living um, as though you were a merman. So I feel like I love it when you say, this is a revelation that bothers me. This is a revelation I'm awakened to. And I want to raise people to live, you know, in the fullness of that reality. That has got to be our response. We, we shouldn't cherry pick and be like, well, if I can do this one that looks mm. easy for me, then that's fine. And the ones that look away from my reality, then I can let it go. But to speak maybe a little bit more to the question um, in focus and what I think about the servant king, I feel like it's a very powerful um, measure of two important constructs that come right. together in a powerful way to really reflect who we are meant to be on earth. So there is the servant, there's the king, right? And the reason that I love that the servant is coming before the king is because that is the true order. We don't get a chance to really be representatives of the sovereignty of our God and to be custodians of power, of glory, 
of wealth and of innovation if our purpose and our aim is not to serve the world and to serve our generation according to the purpose and the will of God. I feel like there are three things that I really see often at the heart of why people cannot manifest the kingship dimension. Many times, uh, believers are quicker to manifest the priestly dimension, but really hardly stepping into the kingship dimension. And in my own observation, I find um, a number of things responsible, but three obviously stand out so strong for me. The first is that there is, there is a whole paradigm, there's a methodology, there's a way of thinking, there's a system of thought, there's a mental attitude, there is a set of perspectives that undergrads, you know, um, kingship. So there are kingdom paradigms that we have to embrace because being a king in the world is not like being a king in God's kingdom. And I do find that um, the paradigms that undergird kingship are not stuff that you just get your hands laid on you in a crusade and you now understand. It's system, wow. systematic discipleship and it's teaching that start to really school you in the ideology of the king. And until you are one with the ideology of the king, you can't represent and embody him. And that stands as a big, big issue. And that's why I thank God for what he's doing with the Radiant Church, now really schooling believers in these yeah. paradigms for the king. The second thing that I find is um, many times when people start to taste kingship and what it looks like, they feel they, they get uh, the temptation to begin to build an empire starts to grow. You know, to be known for something and to be able to use that power, the knowledge, the insights, and just use it almost for celebrity status. And when the Lord finds that, you know, he just withdraws because the real goal of kingship is service. It is to take an agenda for the greater good, delivering the highest impact in the shortest possible time. And so... Indeed, and I, I, I mean, I will then go on maybe in, in subsequent questions you ask about, you know, those um, dimensions around service and, and kingship. But to keep it to the three I was speaking to, that's the second thing that I do find, holding people back from really now experiencing what it looks like to step into the um, king, kingly office. The third that I find is, is just the beast of religion. It's the beast of religion. And I do know that it... it um, is a siege that is maybe a lot more at work um, on the African continent. And that's why a lot of my conversations to Africans is really about how religion does a disservice to you. Sure. You know, re uh, a revival isn't religion. A relationship with God actually leads you out of religion into sonship. But religion has a way of painting a single story narrative of God just painting a limited narrative of God. And that is what revelation knowledge breaks. Revelation knowledge is a pure stream of divine insight that opens you up to the multiple dimensions of God. Come on. And that's how you start to become a whole man. That's how you, mm -hmm. become, you, you start to become a sound believer who mm -hmm. is called, who can rightly divide the word of truth. You right. see, but revelation makes people fixate on just a certain part of God and they miss out on other parts of him. I'll just stop. I could go on and on. Oh, let me go on. That's exactly that so good. That is so good. I think um, 
what you were talking about in terms of um, about how how our kingship is for service um it, it is so true the temptation there is a we we can easily mix up the way the world rules and the way god rules you know god wanting to rule he shows up and he says the son of man did not come to serve uh, to be served but he came to serve so good he, he he switches it around and the disciples are having this great argument amongst themselves about who's going to be the greatest. And he says, listen, serve. Yes. the one who's going to be the greatest has to be the servant. And in fact, the one who's going to be chief amongst yes. us yes. has to be the slave. Yes. And he turns it on its head. And I think you're so right. Of all. Because we are used to kingship yes. in, in the yes. worldly sense that when we taste kingship, um, there is yes. that temptation to switch it a little bit and start to operate in the worldly sense. I, I, please do speak into that service and kingship, which you touched on um, earlier Love on. It. I, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I feel yeah. like one of the most defining revelations that we will embrace about God, yeah. and we feel like we make a mental accent to this truth, Absolutely. But we will spend our lives really now leaving it out, uncovering it, um, if the Lord is going to use us in a powerful way. And one of the big things you're going to uncover in your relationship with the Lord mm. is that there's a whole different, there's a whole different world that mm. God operates in. There's a whole different world. Mm. And to be delivered, you see, to repent, and I'm going to go to service and kingship, but I won't lay this foundation. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. To repent is not to turn from your wicked ways. Mm -hmm. It's not to stop doing bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And the word repent is one of the most theologically damaged single words in all of Christian history because we've, we've sold repentance in such a way that what we associate with it is turn from doing what you're doing and stop being a bad person, you know. Mm. And, you know, when Jesus came, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right. And so he was saying that the precursor to experiencing my kingdom, because it's so radically different from yours, is that you repent. How, how unkind and unfair is it that that very word, which is the womb opener into accessing right. God's kingdom, has been misunderstood. Repentance in its Greek root word means metanoia. And metanoia simply means change the way you think. Mm. Metanoia is a radical departure from existing ideology. Metanoia is to embrace a new mental model, a new mental attitude. Right. Metanoia is to see things from a brand new perspective. Right. And that's what Jesus says is the beginning of experiencing the kingdom. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And this is what you start to find the moment you grow uh, closer to the Lord and he starts to do a great work in your heart. You really see that we are living in a world that is actually at parallel opposites right. to the kingdom of God. Right. And repentance is not an event. It's a lifestyle. As you touch new depths in God, you come into greater dimensions of repentance. He keeps right. opening you up to new thinking 
Because until we see that the world, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of our God are so apart, we are still going to be playing mixes and matches. And whenever you mix and match, you create impurity. The meaning of impurity is if you just have as much as 0.001% of something that is not consistent the molecular formation of that particular or you know substance yeah so as long as we really do not recognize that god's kingdom is so different from the world's kingdom we are going to be mixing and matching and that's what we've done for the longest time all of us all of us we take our revelation knowledge and we situate it in our earthly architecture God wow. says, I'm going to use you in a powerful way. I'm going to make you significant. I'm going to put you at the forefront of my work. And you are immediately seeing celebrity status. In fact, you might be picturing yourself as the Beyonce of the kingdom. Like, you know, you've got a music gift. And he says, I want to use you in a mighty way. You're going to be the voice for your generation. And you already see yourself on stage holding the mic, All right? right? Post, posting conferences. And you're just like, yes, Lord. But you were saying yes to what you are seeing, not what he is saying. And, and, and he's like, hey, chill, because I can see your heart. Uh, that's yeah. not what I mean. Whereas when he starts to speak to you that way, he's basically saying, I will take away your short courts. I will take you through longer routes. I will first of all ground you before I make you fly. I will stop you oh, before Lord. I send you. I'm going to bring you down on your knees. I will ruin your alternatives. I will take Come away. Your, I will, I will quieten you before I give you a voice. Well, that's not what we are thinking. We're like, yes, Lord, because you're looking and you're like, I'm the next TD Jakes. Oh my God, sounds so good. And he's basically saying, hey, calm down, don't run too fast, right? He's saying, I will make you a financier of the kingdom. But the beginning of that journey is that it actually takes away your existing prosperity so that he can fund you by eternal life. Do you see? So we really, this is at the heart and the foundation of our Christian faith. The kingdom of God is at, is at war with the kingdoms of this world. And as we mature, the true meaning of our maturity is to continue to submit ideologies that are against the Lord. Right. We have them, all of us, because right. we have been civilized in a certain way. We have been socially conditioned in a certain way. We have been subconsciously programmed in a certain way. But we are of this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. You see, and it's warfare. I, I've got to say that it's warfare. It the life in the kingdom is all about paradigms. And to embrace a paradigm vis-a-vis -vis another is basically warfare. And that's why in 2 Corinthians 10, it was, it started off by saying in verse 3 that the weapons of our warfare are not canal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. And then he begins to describe what the warfare looks like. Yeah, pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, casting down thoughts, high things that are exalted against the knowledge of God, casting down arguments. It's all in the mind. Absolutely. And this is foundational. If you're going to be a servant king, you need a whole curriculum to understand what kingship looks like and what the kingdom looks like and what agenda looks like. Every servant king has to understand agendas, authority, and anointing. Right. It's really, really important. So if I'm a servant king, what does it look like? It means actually that because when, when, Scripture talks to us about being priests and kings. It's after a certain order. It's after right. a certain order. 
So you are only a king to the degree of recognition that you have, revelation that you have about the overall king's agenda. Right. You are you are a kingly representative of a right. sovereign king. You are not a sovereign king. Your power, your authority, your anointing and your authority is only to the degree of alignment to the agenda of the sovereign king. Do you see? And if you are not going to get the memo about the agenda and um, you want to use his authority and his anointing, he's not going to back you up. And this is how people have gotten into very dangerous situations in their lives. People have put God's name forward and you know, he didn't show up, he didn't honor it, right? And then sometimes people have shifted from spiritual authority to literally oppressing other people by manipulation and pretense wow. just to keep them submitted to their own agenda, right? So to round this up, I'll just say the beginning of the conversation around servant king is that you are a kingly representative. And then we can go forward subsequently to talk about what what does kingship look like but at the level of sovereign king you are submitted to the agenda of the sovereign king and all the power all the authority all the glory all the grace all the wisdom that is bestowed on you is to serve mm. to serve mm. here for god his agenda and his people that is amazing that is amazing and i feel like like what you were saying about religion uh, and, and and definitely religion that has taken a, the 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 form of Pentecostalism that I can't, around this okay. kind of time, uh, uh, the the Pentecostal religion in many ways has good for all the wonderful things that it's added to our world uh, and and to the cause of Jesus Christ. But I feel like in many ways, definitely in recent times there's been such a hunger to preserve the very things that God is looking to strip us away from in order to release us into later on. So, so that the things that the, the, the things like you were saying that God will look to almost detach you and divorce you from certain privileges, some certain things that you hold dear to you, not because he wants you to completely do without it, but he wants you to operate in those same things within the confines completely submitted to him and i feel like we have a construct at church if we're not careful where our only agenda is to preserve those things i don't know if you if if you see what i'm saying um is to preserve it where where our, our goal is to preserve you know make sure that i don't lose money in my business or make sure that my my business is thriving or or the, the and all of these things are good and God intends to, but I think that sometimes we put the horse, the cart before the horse. Um, there is a, there is a. He said to them when when he sent them out, put down all the things that you put down your wallet, put down all of those things and then go. Yes. Then pick it up afterwards. But what I feel we're doing is we want to preserve our wallets. We want to preserve the the we are. We are guarding those things jealously um, that even when the time comes to go, it feels like that is from the devil. Yes. <laughs> it feels like going is from the devil. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. And you know what really, I feel like one of the things that really creates that, um, 
that system within the church where we're ultimately almost preserving what God wants to strip us off is right. what we really understand or what we believe the gospel to mean. Right. And and it's sometimes also the disservice of right. the fathers of faith in terms of the whatever dispensation you receive right. the message of Jesus Christ in. Yeah. You see. So when the prosperity wave started to hit, underneath that wave was really the gospel that says, when you when you receive the life of Jesus Christ, he makes everything all right. right. He makes everything all right. And you would be able to measure up with your contemporaries. Jesus will make you okay. He will help you rise um, through the social ladder. You are going to be better off financially. You get married and have a great family. You will get a beautiful job or start a fantastic business. He would even perfect your health. You see, so if that is how we preached the uh, message of Jesus Christ, and it was really just about you will be okay, everything is going to work out the moment you say yes to Jesus, then, well, when we get into that relationship with that Jesus, we come with expectations. We do come with expectations. Like, Mm -hmm. I've said yes to you now, and these are the benefits, because that's what you showed me. That's what you said to me was on the social security card. That when you confess to Jesus in his government, these things come free. These are compensations and benefits of being a citizen of his kingdom. Do you see? I know that when I received the life of Jesus, what was actually the message that was preached, and it was called a scripture union revival at that time. I became a believer in October of uh, 1996. So I have been born again for 24 years. And this month is my my celebration month of my relationship with Jesus. And what was preached to me at that time was that really it was going to be tough to be a Christian, but I'll be leaning on the help of the Holy Spirit every day. Mm. That I would um, encounter temptations. I will say goodbye to old friends. I will be betrayed. I will will not be loved by so many people. But if I stood firm, and I, I mean, the, the scripture they would always say was, if those who stand firm till the end will be saved, that you will be saved. If you stand firm, I are going to receive a crown and they will take you to Revelations, uh, the book of Revelation, and actually talk to you about the different kind of crowns and how God is going to decorate you at the end of the age and how this earth is not your home. Right. So that was how I got into the faith. So my expectations were to be, to be, betrayed, to be criticized, you know, to be excommunicated. Those were my expectations. And I remember getting to the university and starting to feel like, because I got born again when I was in uh, secondary school. And I started to to feel like when I got to the university, I started feeling like I was backsliding. I was like, why is this Christianity so easy? Why Why is everyone so chummy, yummy, happy? Because that was not even what I was raised with. So I feel like there's also uh, a message that comes with, you know, there are different gospel dispensations. Mm-hmm. And whatever message came to you when you said yes to Jesus also impacts on what becomes the earliest expectations that people start to carry. And the way to knock that off is now by the power of the word, the power of scriptural teaching, the power mm-hmm. of discipleship. And so if there are no teachers in every dispensation, scripturally mature, grounded, balanced teachers, 
Well, we would say a lot more of this. Where we yeah. would all dare to what the Lord is trying to keep us up. Absolutely. Oosh. It's is is I believe it's that time to to mature. I believe that 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 um that I, I think that that's part of our job. Um you know, in, in pastoring my job, I believe is so much sort of um, challenging these ideas and making sure that we're finding our way back to scripture, understanding how or where each of these things fit in and, and the agenda of God. Um, so for anyone watching, you know, the idea is, is God wants you prosperous. God wants you all. He wants you well. But even more than that, he wants you accomplishing yes. the agenda that is that is what we sign up for we sign up for his agenda and all of these things become tools that enable us achieve that agenda um and as long as our eyes are on those agendas then our life is taken care of but i think sometimes we get the whole thing in, in the wrong way around and you know i've i've passed I've, I've for a while now so i've seen people disappointed because something they prayed for did not happen like they thought it should happen or when they thought it should happen. Yes. Uh, and it was all, uh, those are the effects of those kinds of things. Um, wow. Thank you so much. Um, let's, let's, let's move yes, on a little exactly. bit. Yeah. Let's move on a little bit and talk about what this kingship looks like to you. You know, what does this kingship look like? And when you, when you see that king, what does it look like in 2020? Um, I, I have a picture of what it looks like. Yeah. And I see that happening in your life. I was so moved um, with everything going on in Nigeria, how I saw, I saw you post something where we're now collecting policies and ideas from people to say, okay, if you're looking to change the system, what are the ideas that you have? And that was just, uh, that's just, you know, but anyway, you tell me what you see in terms of um, who is this king? What does this king look like? Are we still here? Can you hear me? We've got delays. might have a bit of a delay so go for it can you hear me <laughs> mm. Mm. so i mean that is something we could sit into for a whole year <laughs> because it's just it's just beautiful and the lord definitely has a lot to say to us in this time about what uh, kingship looks like. So kingship, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now, yeah, yeah. Yes, go for it. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I can see that it's stalling a bit. Yes, it is, there's a bit of a delay, but, but just go for it. Let's see. Can you see me back? Yes, we can. We can see you. We can hear you. It's just a, it's just a bit delayed. That's all. Okay. Um, so I was saying that kingship is definitely a conversation that the Lord wants us to have right. because we've done a lot of the priestly side of things. We've done a lot of the priesthood side of things. 
And if we are going to reclaim the world for Jesus Christ in its contemporary sense, then it's time for us to step into kingship. So kingship, first of all, is about influence. Kingship is about influence. Kingship is about um, it's about elevating the ideologies, the desires, the interests of God over uh, people, over a sphere of influence, over an arena um, in, in present day terms. So right. kingship is about influence. It's about having a voice that becomes an important part of elevating the quality of life for those around you in your community, in your city, in your country, on your continent. So it's it's really first about influence, about being a present, relevant visionary who solves a problem, who uh, elevates the quality of life, who changes things. Mm. So if you are going to walk in the kingship anointing and you're going to manifest the kingship authority, your heart will begin to beat and burn with a problem you want to solve, right? Because what the Lord does for us to offer us an opportunity to step into a life of influence for the kingdom is that he sets a future possibility before us. That's what it is. He sets a future possibility before us. He puts before us uh, a future potentiality of what can be because we are here. He starts to show us what can be because we are here. And the expectation of heaven is that we're going to take his anointing, take that vision and begin to run with it until we see the transformation we saw first. You know, we leave the future twice. We see the future first when he shows us and then we see it when we manifest it and when we step into it, right? So he wants people who can catch a a vision of the father's heart. And it's through kingship that you get an opportunity to do what God would have done if he was in your generation, living Mm -hmm. in your city and being you, right? So when you don't walk in kingship, imagine having God on your inside and is literally beating at the door of your heart and is like, let me out. What's going on? Let me flow out. You know, and believers are just like combustion pipes. They're just like cylinders holding gas under pressure. And that is why when it comes to a time in your life and you're not letting God flow out and you're not manifesting influence and you're not being a blessing and flowing out, you start to feel enormous discomfort. It's like a woman whose time has come to give birth to a child. That's the whole idea of birth pangs. And that's how nations are born. It said when, um, um, as soon as Zion started to travail, she brought forth her children. So when you are meant to be walking in kingship, and you're not doing enough about it. A time comes when that child isn't one, going to want to stay in the womb of your spirit anymore. And then you get restless. Right. You get restless. You get uncomfortable. You get angry. All of those emotions many times are birdings of birth pangs. Because oh. God didn't let me out. I want to fix the U.S. I want to fix the U.K. You were here. What are we going to do about it? So right. kingship first about influence it's about catching a vision of a future possibility a future potentiality that can be born on the account of god's hand resting upon a people kingship is giving earthly and corporate interpretation to spiritual endowments Mm. kingship is the conversion point that moves 
spiritual endowments, spiritual entities, and the anointed possibilities in the realm of the spirit and manifest them in time. So kingship is the window of opportunity in time that allows eternity to flow onto men. And God needs more kings on the earth. He's desperate for more kings. You pray enough. You see, but the boardroom does not understand your tongues. No. The boardroom doesn't understand your tongues. The global economy doesn't under understand your tongues. Healthcare innovation doesn't understand your tongues. And mm. so what the Lord requires is that you will carry strategies that you receive in the place of prayer. And this is, so the balance is priesthood allows you to be heavenly sensitive. Kingship allows you to be earthly relevant. He needs oh. both of them. Yes. Because without kingship, there wouldn't be a conversion of the heavy mind endowments and investments upon you. So you take strategies that you receive in the place of priesthood, and then you convert it to industrial revolutions. You convert it into thought leadership. You convert it into innovation on the mountains of influence. So when we say kingship is about influence, the next thing you start to think about is, where is my arena of influence? God has multiple, or society has, multiple arenas of influence and an arena of influence is just a place where um a a paradigm and a thinking is engaging the culture of of that generation and Mm -hmm. that thinking is driving the actions the attitudes the decisions of the people right and you can ride on the waves of an existing um, um sphere of influence to deliver a solution to deliver, um, you know, a, a creative intervention that yeah. makes life better. Yeah. So you now start to ask, where is my arena of influence? God has put um, very unique stirrings in your heart based on your wiring. And that's why I say to believers that understanding who you are is actually an important part of being able to serve God excellently. So yeah. if you are going to walk in kingship, you also need a strong sense of your identity. Because it's your identity that really helps you start to understand the, the, the burdens in your heart. Not everything gets at you. For some of you, it's education. You look at broken education and you're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? For some of you, it's, it's technology. You see how technology can make life better. For some of you, it's healthcare. It's energy and environment for others. For some of you, it, it's um, helping. For some of you, it's waste management and recycling, right? For some of you, it's fashion. or others, it's entertainment. Mm. Some of these works, and there's no arena that is unspiritual. By the way, can I say to you again that kingship is all about paradigms? Yes. And one of the most powerful paradigms of the kingdom is there is no arena that is um, so impenetrable for God. There is mm. no arena that is impervious to the move of the spirit. Yes. Religion makes you believe that God is in the church. Kingdom makes you understand that God is actually waiting for you after service. Come on. <laughs> He's really like, okay, guys, be done with that and let's go do stuff. Let's let's go be great out here. So you you've got such good language for the stuff. So I, I yeah. say that and the church they, they would know that I, I they will laugh when I say this. I often say that I preach on Sunday for a Monday. So we're so on Sunday, not, so for, exactly. not, not for here, not for the amens, not for, 
not for the emojis now that we're online, not but, but so that on Monday, that's where we want to see the difference. I love it. Love I love it. Church. Yes. God yes. wants to meet you after church. Woo. Yes. That is good. So you my great, great, great. I love the tongues. I love the worship. Yeah. And you, let's go out there now. And let's do Let's go be great together. Right. So you must know that there is no arena that is impervious to the move of the spirit. Yes. Absolutely none. So wherever it's calling you, in fact, you have to recognize that the desires of your heart are whispers of heaven. The desires of your heart are heavenly communication. But many times we're stifling the Holy Spirit because we're constantly feeling like what I'm desiring to do doesn't seem spiritual. Why do I want to do um, urban fashion, you know, and high street fashion? Why would that be what is interesting me? Am I anointed or am I, am I, am I funny? And he's saying, you go do that for me. You see. I can hardly so sit in one place. The desires of your heart are whispers. Yes. 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 So true. It is so true. It reminds me of, you know, the story of Moses. Moses is walking past and he sees a burning bush. Just a strange thought. He's like, just a strange thought. Hmm. So he has two options. Stop and go and see further or just kind of walk past, go home and yes. tell his wife, Miriam, you won't believe. You won't believe what I saw. <laughs> and a and whole nation is wow. on Wait, the... that moment. Just a, a fleeting thought, just a passing desire that that hit me. Yes. Ooh. Okay. So, so um, that's what that kingship looks like. It looks like it's influence. It it's looks influence. like it looks like influence in a particular arena. So, yes. I guess you, you've you've given the first step, I think. Yes. To, to my next question, which is. How do we then? How do we then move from where we are? I'm a regular Christian. I'm regular. I go to church. I, up until this point, have thought that serving the Lord means helping to clean the church, and that yes. was, it. Um, and that's that's good. But, but that's I good. That you are more than that. That there is there is more than that. And I guess the first step is asking the Lord and asking that question about where is my sphere of influence. Yes. Um, what else would you say is a good thing to start to explore, to move? And, and, and my heart's desire is that everyone who is listening today, that we won't just put emojis in the... In the yes. That we won't just get excited about the, the quotes and the things that are coming out, but that tomorrow, today, tonight, you will yes. write stuff down. You will start to... That, this, yes. that tonight you are bothered enough you know, you are bothered enough to move. Amen. Um, so, so I, I'm hoping yeah. we can kind of chart some kind of path for, yes. for, for moving from where we are to moving to this place of kingship. And it looks like, number one, in my opinion, or based on what you've said, I don't know if there's something you want to put before that, it looks like looking for, asking the question, where is my sphere of influence? Yes. So what, what would be the next kind of path um, the next kind of things you would say to look out for. Okay, I love that very much. So I agree, and I would say that's a fantastic starting point. You leave this place, you leave this moment, and it will be important to start to say, Lord, open my eyes, yes. put a burden in my heart, show me where you're sending me, 
and to also now begin to present your existing desires before the Lord and say, purify this. Use it the way that you want. Just take this over because if we are going to step into kingship, we've got to be just going back to a lot of repentance as well. That Lord, wash through this heart and purify my emotions, purify my intentions, purify my desires. So as you start to offer me platforms, you see, because when God sees a heart that is burning to make a difference for his people, and you know God's people are not just those in the church, every single person on earth is the fathers, and he's got a great plan for them, right? And many times kingship is a staggered strategy for God to move people closer and closer to salvation. Every single person is on their way to salvation. Mm-hmm. Every single person who hasn't said yes to Jesus is on the way on their way to salvation. And many times we are just a part of a chain of reactions. So you get a chance to treat a person well in the hospital. Their hearts are so touched and they remember that you're a person of faith. That is one point scored on their journey to salvation. And you may never always get a chance to preach the word to people, but you can leave out the word to people. And that's what kingship allows you to do. In fact, my favorite moment, and I'm still going to go carefully back to the pathway, is whenever a person meets me in another arena, maybe my work Mm -hmm. in public policy, or I'm in a corporate training, I'm speaking at a conference, presenting a paper, and then later on, they discover I pastor a church. And they're like, no way, what? Right, it's exciting. Right. Ah, I love it. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Jesus yeah. girl. You see? Come and on, because man. I already won them over by intellectual right. prowess, they want right. to listen. They're like, you are yeah. a different kind of Christian. And I'll be like, I'm not a different kind of Christian. That's how we are, actually, all Christians. That's, that's, that's how we roll. That's, that's yeah. our groove. Anyway, we start off by saying, Lord, show me my sphere of influence and just open my heart again to the desires of your heart. We start to pray that way and you will have encounters. Expect to have encounters. And that's a whole different conversation again because you must not be religious about what you think encounters mean. Encounters are not angels walking into the room and Jesus sitting in a, a hollow of light by your bedside. You can have mental encounters where you start to have blueprint insights, ideas, and roadmaps for fixing a sector of economy. That is God coming to you and putting ideas in your heart. Now, the next big thing that I want you to start to pay attention to, so I call the first the visioning process. It's a whole big, you know, bubble over there of asking the right questions, praying with scriptures, you know, asking for the Lord to humble your heart and instruct you, show you where he wants you to serve and all of that. The next big thing that I know is super important is knowledge. And I can see from this woman. Pastor, I'm very worried about my generation in particular. Mm. I'm worried about the believers in our time. We are very spirited people, but not Mm. many of us are really intellectually um, awakened. We need a lot of knowledge. Knowledge is actually a, a kit, is a toolkit for divine strategy. There are many things that come alive in you as you listen and as you read. There are things you start to uncover as you read. And many of us have at best read spiritual books, but it's time to start to understand 
national history. It's time to start understanding the global economy. It's time to start understanding international development policy and what the what what technology is going to do to shift the trends and to understand where you know the world is going, how how the past decade you know emerged and how the future is looking like. It's time to understand what makes revolutions emerge for those of you on the African continent, seeing all what is happening across the continent. So it's really important that we become schooled. Mm. You see, a principle in God, and that is why when he didn't find sons in an industry or in an era, he was happy to use schooled hirelings. Absolutely. Yeah, because he gave you a mind. And your mind is, uh, is, is, is your powerhouse. There's mm. so many underutilized believers because the, God can't ride on the tracks of their minds. Mm. He can't travel divine communication on the channels of their mental faculty because nothing much is happening there. Right. And, and you know, you will know this a lot because in, because in developed climes, you know how there are some types of vehicular movement that can happen on certain types of roads. So yeah. if, if, if it's a road that is transversing a residential area, it can only maybe have certain type of cars that have this kind of capacity. And then if it's, uh, you know, if it's a, an interstate highway, then maybe certain type of larger um, vehicles can ride on it. And it's all about strength of material, isn't it, in engineering terms. And that's how we are too. We do have this mental tracks that we have either strengthened or, or are very weak because they do have muscles. And so there are people that God is knocking on the door of their spirits so that he can communicate um, weighty inventions and weighty inventions for the days ahead, but they don't have space to accommodate it. They don't have gravitas in their mind. They don't have capacity in their mind. And knowledge really opens you up to multiple worlds. So I want to say it's important as your heart begins to be stirred in a definite direction, you want to start reading for it. The moment I was clear that I had an important role to play as an advisor to governments in Africa about policy, I yeah. set myself up on a PhD program. There's no room in my life ideally for it. I'm, I'm raising three young children, pastoring with my husband, absolute girlfriend to my, my bubble. Like we have such a, we are investing seriously in our relationship. There is no room. I'm running two businesses and leading two ministries. But I do know that it's a certain kind of spiritual service to be equipped for that assignment. I can't just pace my prayer room in tongues and say, mm. God, use me. If I don't understand the context of policy, then I'm limiting what it can do through me. So we have become students again of history, students of economy, students of, of industry, right? And we need to plot a graph from the past into what the future is looking like. So when you step behind closed doors and you can't talk Jesus, you've got to be able to speak their language and be brilliant at it. That's important. I will share three more things, but I will just run through them. The third thing is you now entrench yourself in the context of service. And it doesn't have to be you starting something. You can go in turn or volunteer or serve but find an arena that is directly impacting the world and go serve there. You can volunteer for a nonprofit. You can intern with a tech startup. You can be part of a policy advocacy project. And, um, and even as a church, we can start to, you know, open up an arm of our work that is socially relevant 
and then have our people begin to drive those um, kingdom agenda within those communities. That would be a third thing. Um, a fourth thing will be to understand that kingship is also warfare. Mm. Kingship is warfare. As your yeah. influence begins to grow, then you are going to start to confront the demonic princes, right? Yeah. In the arena where you've been sent. So I say, for example, in Africa, energy is not just a social construct. Failed mm. energy is also a spiritual construct right? And there are systems that are profiting from keeping us in darkness. So we will not just pre present the energy roadmap, we would also intercede. What fuels your kingship is your consecration. What fuels your kingship is your consecration. And that is really important. And then the final thing I would say is you must begin to engage the culture. The true proof of your consecration is the ability to have contact without contamination. That's the true proof that you are anointed and the hand of God is upon you. Jesus did it successfully and he wants you to do that. You, you've got to engage the culture. So I am currently doing uh, some underground work that is going to come to the surface in right time with a number of entertainers across Africa. Hip-hop guys, you know, they don't think Jesus... But I, I know that they have the influence to reach the young people we want to reach. So how about we work together and we pass a message that builds up the continent and causes social failures to arise, you know, wow. and it can multiply our impact significantly. So we need yeah. to stop acting as though, you know, we have to be so out of touch with everything Right. To be able to honor Jesus, you can have contact without contamination. Yeah. So there is the need to definitely engage the culture and ride on the a powerful message of transformation. Wow! 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 I'm, 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 I stopped taking notes. I just, I'm, I'm just gonna have to watch this again. Um, because there's just so much, so much. Pastor, can you hear me? I can hear you. I think okay. it's a bit, it's a bit, um, okay. it's a bit shaky, but I think we can still hear you well. Can you hear me? I think we get, we're getting it's some kind lag. of lag. Um, yeah, but um, but but we can still hear you. I think you you, you should iron out as we go along. Um. Yeah, I think you. This is just so brilliant. Is is um. I, I want to ask one more question before we let you go. Um, sorry to keep you up late uh, at this time, um. But just one more question concerning the church. So um, I love, love, love what you've outlined. I guess maybe this one is for me, really, or for I think it's for all of us. Ooh, we've lost her. We've lost her. We're just going to see if she jumps back on. Her um, internet might have struggled to hold. Um, anybody being blessed by this, or is it just me? Okay, we're back. Yes, I think we're back. Can you hear me? Ah. Yes, I can hear you. Fantastic, fantastic. 
Thank you. Thank you for jumping back on. Right. Um, so, so I was going to ask one more question. Um, we've talked about to, to the individual in terms of drawing out some kind of path that will lead you from where you are now to actually operating in the fullness of this idea of influence and kingship and the relationship between how, how I love what you said about your consecration is your fuel for your kingship. It's a bit like what we were saying earlier on where you're saying the priesthood is supposed to equip us for the kingship. Um, and, I, and, I, and I love that. I'd like to know what you think the church's role is. So we have individuals that we've given these steps. What should the church be doing um, from where from where you're sitting? What should the church be doing um, to facilitate this for people? I love one of the things you've mentioned was about social was about projects that the church is doing where we can get people who are in the church to spearhead this and have that expression. It would be good to know what other things you you believe the church should be doing um, in this sphere. Okay. So, by the way, Pastor Chido, I have to tell you, you ask amazing questions. You ask, I mean, obviously the Holy Spirit is just really upon your mind <laughs> because I love the questions that you ask. It's so good. So good. It's been such a pure pleasure joining your amazing community today. So, so church, and that's a whole, I mean, yeah, it's a broad, broad and very important, uh, you know, model that the church has to begin to embrace. And I will just speak to five things very quickly. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm just going to speak to important connections that the yeah. church has to, you know, open up and grow access to if it's going to really take its place as a formidable force operating in the kingship dimension of Christ on earth. And the first is church to God, church to God. Um, the church has to, and I, I don't even know if we're like really ready for it. We, sh we should be walking in these dimensions, but there's so many things around each person just doing their thing. And when I say church to God, it's both at the local assembly level, but more importantly, even at the body of Christ level, within yeah. a country, within a city, every country, every um, every year, mostly every country and every region usually has its own very distinct um, move of the spirit at that time. And as 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 the people work together and allow themselves to be carried on the flow of the spirit. Um, fathers of the body in that time sort of emerge and they become voices that can spearhead um, a level of direction and guidance and provide a big picture for how God's people should operate in the land and in that dispensation. So um, church to God really speaks to catching the heart of the father for our dispensation catching the heart of the Father for the church. So at, ideally, we should have it first at the level of the global body within a country, within a region, within a city, right. um, where people can come together and say, this is what we believe is in the Lord's heart at this time. You imagine if Nigeria had a very, uh, a, a very um, well-organized body within the country, 
this is a great time for fathers of the faith to emerge and speak to us as an ecclesia. These are things that are expectations of the father. He is not running a system that is just unruly. No, at this time, fathers of the faith are meant to come and start to speak to the people how to approach social reformation, how to be part of the movement, and how to, to form a spiritually sensitive coalition that engages all the works, the intercession, the policy work, the, uh, the protest, the engagement with government, all of that. But anyway, there's got to be church to God. So if we, if we bring it down and decompose it to the um, local assembly level, there's got to be times when Radiant Church, for example, is gathering to pray, asking the Lord for a blueprint for, for its social relevance, asking yeah. the Lord for a blueprint for how to multiply its influence. And I tell you what, it's a whole beautiful strategy that the Lord has for every, every church in every dispensation. He yeah. can start to show you things like um, your specific audience, who you're sent to, their language, their yeah. pain points, and how to reach them, and how to leverage um, alternative media, music, you know, how to draw the young people in, what are the burnings, you know, in their heart, all of those sort of things. He starts to say that, you see, but when we get, stay stuck in religion, we think that God is not strategic, that he just wants to make people fall in church and break yeah. chairs. And no, he wants you to reach the world. He definitely wants that. I've seen yeah. the Lord do that with us in ministry. And right. it's powerful, especially when he knows that they're not coming into an empire. They're coming into his kingdom. He's going to do that for you. So it starts, if you want to operate kingship dimensions, church yeah. to God, church to God. We've got to really recognize what is the burden of the Lord's heart as far as the community we're in, uh, the system we're in, the times we're in, and what he has to say to us. That blueprint is important. No leader must, uh, must, independently ideate suggestions and just be like any mini manimo well based on what's happening in this covid let us donate hand gloves and nose masks wow. no no there is an an agenda in the father's heart and a church yeah. can catch it a local assembly can catch it so that's the first the first church to god what is the lord saying to us and then we move from there to church to saints church to saints if the church is going to be able to really operate its kingship dimensions, we actually start to raise influencers. Influencers. I tell you what, Pastor Chido, I don't know if you know this history, but it's one of the most powerful things that has shaped Nigeria's current polity. Right. About 20 years ago, a certain pastor whom you might know called Pastor Tony Rappo, okay, who yes. today yeah. is still doing a lot of amazing work rehabilitating yeah. drug addicts and running the Freedom Foundation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Tony Rappo was at the time pastoring a redeemed Christian church of God in Nigeria. Right. And what he did, he picked a burden in his heart that the younger members of the church were not just, they weren't catching on with the message of the time in the church because they did feel like there were things they wanted to do to be relevant beyond the four walls of the church. And so he created different um, synergy groups, asking young people who had interest in those things to start to come together. And that is how um, they started to hold Bible study sessions specific to their areas of interest. So he had government group, he had economy and business group, 
we had um, health group and different kind of groups like that, right? Now, what I want to bring up, Pastor Chido, without joking about it, yeah. the people that were in the government group who started to pray about Nigeria's future, about mm -hmm. its governance and polity, and started to study scripture together, the record shows that 80% of those founding members have gone ahead to become the most influential voices for Nigeria's um, government. One of them is actually our vice president today. Another is Obi Ezekwesili, wow. who has exactly, they were the guys who started that government group under Pastor Tony Rappo. Wow. So you see, these things are not jokes. Whenever the church begins to rally the saints around strategic agendas under God, it's just a matter of time. Right. Their social relevance and their kingship positions will be strengthened. Come on. So we cannot, we have to stop this thing where all we're doing is around traditional church service. Mm. Um, ushering, oh yeah, let's gather. Uh, choir, hallelujah. Bible study, hallelujah. Prayer group, hallelujah. I don't know how you guys do it in, in right. the UK, but that's what we often do right. here. It's time to begin to say, what is burning in your heart about society? Yes. And how can we train you to be equipped for society? Yes. So that you yes. are relevant. So church is yes. So it means that we must rework even our discipleship models to reflect a preparation for those who become voices and visionaries for the arenas of influence in the world. That's church to God, church to saints, and then we move on to church to community. We now begin to say as a people, what can we do? And there are two dimensions you can explore. You can either say, can the different teams based on the arena of influence they're preparing for begin to do pocket projects? So governance, what are you doing? Uh, would you work on, on an orientation um, program during the elections? Health, what are you doing? Um, will you start to build an innovation? So it could be the smaller teams in these local assemblies who start to create on their own, or there could be a rallying clarion call at the level of the local assembly where they now start to say, this is our environ. We are going to fix the police. We are going to fix, you know, um, um, you know, the sex worker situation we're faced with. Mm -hmm. We are going to fix the drainage. We're going to do something about, you know, a child abuse or whatever it is. And it becomes church to community. Can I say, I know this might not even really be relevant for my UK guys as much, but my Nigerian guys, my African guys, I want you to listen to me with your heart. When I say church to community, I'm not talking about the welfare outreaches we do where we go and give used clothes, spaghetti, tin tomato and, and rice. Please ask me what I'm saying. Right. Let me tell you why we think that is big deal. It's because many of many saints are very greedy and selfish. Mm. What you should have been doing quietly as a part of the natural expression oh. of mercy, we now make it big deal. We now go out and we're acting as if that's kingship. That's not kingship. I don't want to be upset. These are things that touch my soul so much. Please stop it. Right. Believers should actually have children on their payroll who they send to school. That's meant to be standard behavior. Come on. People in the neighborhood that when Amen. you shop for your family, you shop for them too. So this okay. one that the church now take some small funds and you will say, we're going out to, to give rice. And Now that is great, but that's not what we're talking about as church to community. Please. It's a lot more serious than that. 
what we're talking about is you start to impact communities and your city in a way that makes you a governmental force. That's the influence, a governmental a force. Stakeholder, a stakeholder. A stakeholder. Stakeholder. So that's number three. Number four is church to church. Church wow. to church. Until churches begin to collaborate as institutions, we will not be able to sufficiently engage the government as the highest infrastructure of development within any state. Yeah. And of course, that's the last one I'm going to. So churches have to start to come together. Churches have to start to do stuff together. It gives us gravitas. It gives us uh, funding. It gives us the ability to pray together, to legislate the desires of our king on the earth. And there is no telling how far we can go together as we partner. So churches are meant to come together. And if, if a church has uncovered a powerful discipleship model for this kingship thing, there's no reason another church is trying to build it. Why are we doing yeah. that? Yeah. You just say, hey, yeah. we've got this one. Take and use it. Church to church, these collaborations are so powerful for us to become a governmental and to become, a, you know, to operate the kingship model effectively. And the final one is definitely church to government, church yeah. to nation building. Church has to begin to partner with the government, advise the government, and um, rally, rally its people behind just causes for nation building. Those would be five big things that the church must begin to explore um, in the days ahead as far as kingship is concerned. I am so blessed. I feel like, um, I feel like, I don't, I don't even care if any other person was watching. I feel like this was for me. <laughs> this is just so good. Um, and we really thank you for your time. Thank you for taking the time. I know it's quite late in Nigeria now. I think you're about an hour ahead of us at the moment. Um, so um, we are really appreciative of you taking the time to, to join and just pour into us. I wonder if you can, right now, I know that there are, there are people on here um, growing at different levels or, or, or who, are, who are catching the vision of, of themselves as kings. I wonder if you can just speak life to them. Yes, uh, that would be my joy. <laughs> that would be my joy. Such, such a blessing to have joined you this evening. I thank the Radiant City Church for the great opportunity that I've received. I already feel like I'm a part of this house. I love this house. And I'm thankful to Pastor Chido for the great privilege um, he's offered me. And you've been so engaged. And I've seen a number of my family members here to just wow. join in and put in the comments. Um, and I just want to speak first a word of blessing in the name of Jesus over the Radiant City Church London and to declare over this house and its leadership that in the name of Jesus, you are elevated in influence. You are elevated in impact. You are elevated in insights. You are elevated in divine anointing, divine authority. As you fully catch on the agenda of our king, I call you blessed. I call you graced. I call you heavily anointed. I call you accurate. You are strategic in your approach and you win the war with the Lord. You are blessed. And the Lord begins to call your sons and your daughters from all across the world to dive in and partner with this extraordinary mandate and this assignment. I declare over 
you, Pastor Chido, your wife, your amazing children, that grace is multiplied unto you. You are preserved. The Lord is the wall of fire round about you and there's the glory in the midst of you. And I bless your people whom God has raised for you under you, partnering with you in the name of Jesus, that the gifts and the blessings that come with partnership is multiplied over God's people. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that as you step into this new decade, the Lord keeps watch over you and yours. You will not be ravaged by the oppression in the world. The Lord causes you to be preserved because you belong to the ecclesia. I declare in the name of Jesus that you multiply in strength you go forward and you advance significantly. The hand of the Lord is upon you. There will be no loss, only life and abundance. And I pray for every single person who is listened in tonight, whose hearts are yearning for more, more of the Father, more of his agenda, more of the kingdom, more of the healing streams, more of his fire, more of his love. I ask in the name of Jesus that the Lord will be real to you wherever you are, whether you are still even on the brink of making a decision or you turn back because of the things you've been through or you become cold or you you've loved the Lord all your life and you're looking for so much more wherever you are the father knows and I'm asking for him to pour out upon you let the spirit of God rain down upon you I'm asking in the name of Jesus that which he does everywhere I go for the anointing of wisdom and revelation knowledge that causes a person to have insight hindsight insight foresight into the word to be manifest so freely tonight that as you open scripture you will see christ in hearing you will hear in seeing you will see and your heart will be full of understanding you are blessed go forth manifest the will of god and walk in the divine life in jesus name amen god bless you amen amen father we just receive all of that with open arms and open heart we just receive that word we also seek the blessing into pastor we yeah, just declare that lord she will be so refueled you are the only one who is able to replenish her um much more than she has poured out as we ask that the windows of heaven are open if you know the deepest desires of our heart we are calling yeah. everything every tool every ability every help every grace every anointing that is required to bring that vision to the fullest manifestation lord we're asking that in this season that lord she will see even visions and dreams things that she has had um, incubating in our heart that they will manifest quicker than she thought in the name of jesus that your grace your hand your favor your provision, your help will be seen in her life, that you will elevate her and use her and cause the world to hear what you have placed on the inside of her. Thank Amen. you for sending her to us today. We speak the blessing over your family, over your church, over your person, your person, your physical health, your mind, your children, your finances. We just speak the blessing over everything. May the Lord continue to go with you and strengthen you. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much. We can't thank you enough. We really appreciate your time. And uh, we've been so blessed. And um, yes, I'm, I'm sure that we'll, we, will, we will make up an excuse to call you back. For sure. And I mm -hmm. will make up an excuse to be here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much. God bless you. We will um we'll, we'll get in touch. Thank you so much, man. Wow, wow, wow. Who has been blessed today? I told you she would bless you. 